How the Shohei Otani sweepstakes is a reminder of how difficult this offseason could be for the Cardinals. And are the Redbirds chasing another former Cub? Could be happening. We'll get you the latest on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, X, at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, find us on YouTube. You are cordially invited to come over to YouTube if you want to. Like, subscribe, comment. That way you're interacting with us. If you want a visual version of this show, we've got all kinds of fun little graphics. I get to put up stupid pictures. It's it's just another level <laughs> of the show for you. Uh, hit the notification button if you're there so you know when new episodes are posted because this is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case. Providing you with a personal supply of five, count them, five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Hope your uh, Veterans Day festivities, if you did something like that, uh, went well. And uh, the all is well in your world right now. Uh, not a lot of breaking news to really talk about over the weekend. It's still... Rumors and speculation, that, that's the kind of stuff that continues to swirl in the MLB circles. And I know some folks are, are getting burned out on it all because you just want something to happen. And as much as I hate to, please do not get mad at me for doing this, but as much as I hate to pull a John Moselock phrase out, patience, patience. We have to wait. We have to wait. That's the key thing right now because none of the dominoes have fallen. The biggest domino is still Shohei Otani. It is yet to fall. So free agency is kind of at a standstill at the moment. And uh, I don't know if any of these dominoes will fall until Otani does get signed or whenever he decides on his deal with whomever he's going to go to for whatever amount of money it's going to take. Everybody's waiting on Shohei because everything's going to kind of trickle down after that. Maybe we get some other signings here and there, but I, I find it hard to believe. I mean, everybody's going to have to wait for him to do his thing. And then the market will kind of be set and then things will get rolling. They've got an Otani watch section on the MLB.com page. If you haven't seen that yet, just waiting for news about Shohei and what he's doing. And right now it's your normal who's in and who's out situation. A lot of talk about the Giants targeting both Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto and how they might be at a disadvantage in this situation because after Otani's years with the Angels where, you know, they've been losing more than winning, he might prefer to sign with someone who is a proven winner, which continues to lead me down to the Dodgers every time uh, somebody comes up with a new reason why Otani will go at certain, to a certain place. I don't know why he wouldn't go to the Dodgers. It doesn't make any sense not to. Um, even if the Giants possibly offer him the biggest contract, it just feels like the smart money would be on the Dodgers to go to LA, to go where they win, to 
not have to get up and move. I mean, he's going to have to move probably something because he's probably got a place in Anaheim. But um, it just makes a lot of sense to me. And it it got me to thinking, you know, reading all the stuff about Otani, about the Cardinals and how they're in a very similar situation, not with Otani, although would it be fun to at least try to get the greatest player on the planet? But it doesn't seem to be something that the team is actively going towards. You know, they're not even hinting about it. They're not even talking about the guy. But with any of the other top free agent pitchers on the market, it's a similar situation. And I'll explain this to you because we make it sound so easy that the Cardinals can just, okay, like like I mentioned, like you're at a grocery store, you're just picking out your ingredients and it's no big deal that you see what you want, you give them the money and boom, they're going to automatically sign with you and go home with you and everything will get back to normal. And that's really just not the case. It's not. There is the human element of where do they want to live? Who do they want to be with? You know, I brought this up before, but I want to revisit it a bit because talking about Otani and how his preferences might change and why he would go to certain spots just reminds me, and it should remind you too, that some people may not want to be in St. Louis. It's a fact. Uh, I was listening to Bernie Miklas over at KFNS 590 and Love the guys over there. I think they do fantastic work. Very entertaining. Um, and he was talking about the same thing and how difficult things this offseason might be for the Cardinals. Uh, the reason being that you can offer all the money in the world if you want to. You can give them like $500 million. Say, here you go. And it doesn't guarantee that they'll want to come play for you or live in your city or be teammates with the guys you already have on the team, or be underneath your coaches. There's a lot of different aspects of why a person would want to switch and go to a different city and a different team. Offering up the money, that's the easy part. That's the easy part. That's just numbers. <laughs> that's all that is. The difficult part is going to be trying to sell these free agents on coming to St. Louis as opposed to other teams and markets. That's the hard part. Uh, Bernie brought up a good point when talking about what it would be like to try and convince someone to pack their bags and come to St. Louis. He brought up, who is it that's doing the selling of the team? Are they relying on Mo to sell coming to St. Louis? Are they relying on Ali, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Contreras? Let's start with the players. Uh, Arenado wanted to come to St. Louis. That was what he wanted to do. He was in Colorado actively trying to get out, wanting to come to St. Louis and nowhere else. And then last year, last year happens, team collapses. And then we start hearing whispers about, eh, maybe he ought to go to LA with the Dodgers. Now, Nolan Arenado reiterated at the All-Star break his desire to be in St. Louis. I don't think Nolan Arenado is a liar. I don't know the man. I've never met him, but he just does not come off to me as somebody who changes his minds and it is wishy-washy about his feelings towards things that are a big deal, like where he's playing baseball, where he's raising his family during the season and so forth. He didn't opt out of his deal. If he didn't like the direction the team was going, he could have done that before last season. Now, he didn't seem all that thrilled <laughs> with what was going on last year. And 
who can blame him? None of us were happy with what was going on last year. Uh, but if there's even the slightest hint that he'd be okay with the trade, is that the guy you want trying to sell free agents to come to your town? Probably not. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying, is that the guy you want pitching other other possible free agents? Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, possibly the nicest guy on the planet. He's got one year left on his deal. We aren't sure what his future with the club is. Is he talking to free agents and trying to get them to commit on a five-year deal to come to St. Louis with his future with the team currently up in the air? Probably not. Can't promise anybody anything. Wilson Contreras, after everything he went through <laughs> in year one in St. Louis, do you think he's got the most pleasant things to say about the front office and the coaching staff who, who benched him, kind of humiliated him, blamed him for the bad start? When all that nonsense went down, I even stated, how is this going to affect the Cardinals moving forward when they tried to woo other people to come play for them? You think they want to come to St. Louis after seeing what they did to Wilson Contreras in the first couple of months after he signed the biggest contract, free agent contract, that the organization has ever given out? And that's how they treated him? Ollie's only been a major league manager for two years. You think free agents are lining up to come play for Ollie Marmel? Most of them probably even know who he is, really. Bernie brought up how back in the day you had this great setup with the Cardinals. You know, you had uh, uh, Tony La Russa in the office and his wealth of knowledge and his pedigree of winning for pitchers. You had Dave Duncan right by his side, who was an absolute master of getting the, the most out of pitchers and raising the level of pitchers who, you know, may have lost their way on the mound were reclamation projects. He was able to build you back up and fix you. He could make you better. You'd see future Hall of Famers walking around the clubhouse, Pujols, Yachty, Scotty Rowland, superstars like Jim Edmonds and Chris Carpenter and Adam Wainwright. You had this tradition of winning and stability. And all of that is kind of gone right now. It just poof, gone because of what just happened in 2023. There's really not a, a cardinal mystique at the moment to attract free agents. They got to rebuild that. Uh, they haven't done anything in the playoffs for a number of years. They've had multiple managers over the last decade. They're two superstars, not exactly in their prime anymore. They're aging. They just finished in last place and notoriously do not offer more money than the other organizations when it comes to free agency. They're not one to come in and just blow away the competition with a number. That hasn't been their thing. Now, can they still, with all of this, can they still get it done? Can they still get one of these top guys? Yeah, I think they can. You know, I understand that it's been one really, really bad year. But overall, becoming a St. Louis Cardinal was usually a pretty darn good thing. Pretty cool. An honor. Maybe not so shiny anymore. But like the Giants with Otani, the Cardinals are going to have to do something extra to get guys to come in right now. Overpaying them is one way to do it. Uh, looking at the Rangers, just won a World Series, right? Remember when they started chucking money around a couple of years ago for Seeger and Simeon? 60 and 102 in 2021. That was their record. Worse than the Cardinals. And they were like, look, we're done doing it this way. Let's go. 
10 years, $325 million for Corey Seager. Seven years, $175 million to Marcus Simeon. Are the Cardinals ready to make commitments like that? To get these pitchers that they they desperately need? And what's, don't want to freak you out, but the year after they signed Seager and Simeon, the Rangers still sucked. 68-94 and 94 in 2022. They didn't get all that much better. So it's not a guarantee just because you spend a lot of money this offseason that it's going to equate into winning right away. The Mets, the Yankees, the Padres, you just saw them go down that tunnel, spend a ton of money, they didn't make the playoffs and had massive payrolls. So it's, it's a tough spot to be in. So when we as fans sit here and point and go, just sign this guy, sign this guy, get him, boom. We're back. Not that easy. And if you can't get these big fish, you're going to have to drop down to the next tiers of pitcher. And um, honestly, that might be the Cardinals' sweet spot because they need multiple people. And one of the guys that is in that category, at least in my opinion, was a Cub last year. And the report is that the Cardinals are one of the teams connected to him. So we're going to talk about him next coming up on Locked on Cardinals. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together about wins and losses, who starts, who sits, who we're signing, who we're not, who's the next rumored St. Louis Cardinal, and I'm thankful for this connection that we have together. It's a lot of fun, and today I want our little chat to be a bit more personal because I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. That's right. Don't be shy about it. It's okay. You realize what that means. That means bring an extended travel. Bring it on. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue because you are covered, my friend, taken care of. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, Revatio or Revatio, uh prescription, any of those things that you might be using. You don't have to worry about it anymore. This is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. You go online right now jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code, though. Let's save you some money. Locked on. That's the promo code. Locked on. At checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kits. I uh, feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this. For everyone, you could be the next one. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com. See if it's offered to you. Go check them out. Remember to use the promo code locked on, save some money, 20 bucks off your purchase. Jacemedical.com, J A S E medical.com. Thank you again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. You can leave your comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter X anytime you want. Feedback always welcome and encouraged. In fact, our third segment today is going to be just all feedback stuff, things that I've gotten from you because we've had so many episodes recently and so many things to talk about. And I want your voice to be a part of the show each and every day. So um, let's get into the, the latest rumor, shall we? If the Cardinals can't wine and dine any of the top guys like Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Yamamoto, Montgomery, even Sonny Gray, then they're going to have to slip down to the next level of pitchers. Names that 
are living down there right now. Uh, Michael Waka, Lucas Giolito, Jack Flaherty, former Cardinals down there. Eduardo Rodriguez, um, Michael Lorenzen. I mean, there, there's a few of them out, uh, down there right now. Uh, another name that is in that grouping, in my opinion, is former Cub Marcus Stroman. And according to John Heyman, the Cardinals are connected to him. How about that? Now, here's what Heyman had to say. He thinks that Stroman, first off, made the right move by opting out of his deal with the Cubs. He declined what was a $21 million option, which is a lot of money. And I thought after Stroman's ugly second half last year that he was going to stay in with that because $21 million is $21 million. But Heyman likes the move, says he could get a multi-year deal with another opt-out in it and that he doesn't see him going back to Chicago, but he does think that a number of teams will be in on him and that the Cardinals are one team that he's heard connected to Stroman. Now, Stroman has had a very solid career. Taken by the Blue Jays in the first round out of uh, Duke. And I think it was back in 2012 is when he got taken. He spent six seasons in Toronto going 47 and 45 with an ERA of 3.76. He then spent two years with the Mets, 14 and 15, but that ERA was at 3.21 before going to Chicago for two more years. 16 and 16, the overall record, 3.73 ERA there at, uh, at Wrigley Field with the Cubbies. Now, last year, tale of two halves for one Marcus Stroman, wasn't it? Because first half of the season, he was really, really good. He was excellent. I mean, so good that he was an all-star, you know? Um, let me see his numbers here. First half of the season, um, nine and six. Nine and six, ERA 2.96, under three. Made the all-star team. Second half. One and three, 8.63 ERA, had a rib cartilage injury that uh, really affected him, threw him off. He missed a bunch of time and never really came back from that. So, not great in the second half. Um, the Cardinals saw him three times last year. And if you remember, Cardinals did quite well against Marcus Stroman. He was 0-3 against them, ERA 6.23. Finishes the season overall, 10.9, 3.95 BRA, 32 years old, not a big guy, listed at 5'7", doesn't throw all that hard, but also hasn't dealt with uh, a lot of arm injuries. That hasn't been a thing. You know, usually you get these guys who are throwing 97, 98, 99, triple digits. Something breaks down eventually, elbow, shoulder, something, something goes awry. Marcus Stroman has not really dealt with anything like that. That hasn't been a problem for him. So that's a good thing. You know, the rib cartilage injury threw him off this year. But overall, he's been pretty durable over his career. You like that. If you're going to invest in somebody, you know, you want somebody that is going to be out there more times than not. Uh, Two-time All-Star. He's got a gold glove. And like Sonny Gray, not going to be looking for a five-year deal over a hundred million dollars to get him. He would take that for sure, but you know, that's not the market for him. Uh, Spot rack has the market estimate at 15.6 million per year, which is cheaper than gray. It's cheaper than Waka, according to their numbers, three years, 50 million with an opt out. Would that be enough to, to pull in a Marcus Stroman? 
obviously there will be competition. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of competition for the starting pitching this year, but uh, some of the names brought up the Orioles, Dodgers, Tigers, Diamondback. The Dodgers are connected to everybody. They, they just think they're going to lose their minds and, and go by everybody. I think they get Otani and then probably one other guy. But if they don't get Otani, then who knows? Who knows what they do? Um, but again, the Cardinals are going to have to outbid these guys for him and sell him on coming to St. Louis as, as a smart move against teams who were winners last year. I mean, the list there outside of the Tigers, everybody else was really, really good. Diamondbacks World Series. Dodgers, best records in baseball. Uh, Orioles, one of the best records in baseball in the playoffs. So um, it's not going to be easy. Now, Stroman is not the sexiest choice by any means. But if the scenario ends up that the Cardinals sign Marcus Stroman and then they're able to get, remember, we've, we've been hearing about reclamation projects, a guy who's, you know, maybe needs one year or two years and you, you're trying to build him back up to something that he used to be. How about a, a Luis Severino, who a couple of years ago is one of the best pitchers in baseball and has dealt with injuries, was with the Yankees. Uh, he's a free agent. Lucas Giolito, we've talked about him. Uh, you get a guy like a Michael Waka or a uh, Shota Imanaga from Japan. You get that Seth Lugo kind of guy who is with the Padres. And then after getting Stroman and one of those dudes, what if you then make a trade for somebody like a Tyler Glass now or Dylan Cease or Shane Bieber or another top farm? Would you hate a Marcus Stroman signing that much if that was what ended up happening? Now, granted, if they sign Marcus Stroman and that's all they end up getting, that's that's a problem. Like, you like him. You like him. But you're hoping for a little bit more than that. And just to kind of give you, uh, get you in the mood for a Marcus Stroman sighting, I stole this online. Yeah. Look at that. Don't look so bad in a Cardinals uniform, does he? But anyhow, um, I read somewhere where Blake Snell would love to sign with his home state Seattle Mariners. If that happens, the Mariners could uh, be more likely to ship one of their young arms, and the Cardinals have been linked to them since the trade deadline. Um, and if that became the case where you didn't have to go spend five years and $130, 150000000 million on somebody, uh, that would free up money to go address the bullpen a little more aggressively. Now, I'm not saying like Josh Hader style or – uh, Craig Kimbrell or a Hector Neris type of level of money that you'd have to spend on a reliever, not even Jordan Hicks type of money, but uh, Joe Kelly, Liam Hendricks, uh, David Robertson, Aroldis Chapman, uh, Matsui from, from Japan. You know, you'd be able to afford a couple more of those guys. So the options are out there. But what are your thoughts? I would like to know. Um, again, I, I think Stroman would be a solid piece. I, I hope they can get somebody one level above him. That would be my my hope. It's not a guarantee, obviously, but I would like your feedback on the possibility of Marcus Stroman. Let me know what you think of that scenario. Give me a scenario where it works for you if Stroman does get signed. Who else needs to be coming to the Cardinals with him to make it okay to sign Stroman? and make him a part of the Cardinals' future. So I would like to hear from you. Hit me up down below on YouTube or on uh, Twitter X. Uh, we're going to do some fan feedback about the offseason next year on Locked on Cardinals. Don't you move.
Once again, your feedback is always welcome and encouraged. I want to hear from you and, you know, get your thoughts on what the Cardinals are up to. What, what are your thoughts on the front office right now? The offseason altogether. What do you think about all of these different rumors? Uh, don't be shy. Be sure to hit me up on YouTube and on Twitter X. Uh, let me know where you stand on things. I want your opinion. Okay, so we're going to take some of these from previous episodes because we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them to get through. Uh, Viva La Vivarium. Is that is your name after that movie? That terrible Jesse Eisenberg movie? I hope not. I certainly hope not. My very weird movie, by the way. My sister-in-law and her husband recommended it to me and my wife and we hated it. It was so bad. So if that's your favorite movie, because that's your name on there, I apologize. Uh, I'm glad you liked the movie. I thought it was brutal. Anyways, here is what Viva La Vivarium writes. I don't think people for sure get the problem. We are just unbalanced, and we don't need three all-stars. Honestly, I do think we need three good pitchers, but that's all as long as they can keep the ERA in the threes and eat up a bit of innings. So I'd love some guys like Snell or Yamamoto, but I don't know if they really help us solve any problems, especially Snell. I mean, he's risky and doesn't pitch many innings. And that means he leaves a lot of work for our not great bullpen. So in my opinion, he could be the worst pitcher right now to spend money on price considering. Um, there is definitely a risk with Blake Snell, with any of these free agent pitchers. None of them are perfect by any means. Uh, Blake's weaknesses, the walks, and as you mentioned here, lack of innings uh, seems to be an issue for him. But at the same time, the 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 game is changing so much where you don't they're not expected when they say eat innings, they're saying go longer than three or four innings. It's not like the good old days where people were going seven, eight, nine. It just does not happen very often. There were three complete games. That was the or that was the league lead in complete games this year. Sandy Alcantara had three of them. That led the league this year. It just does not happen very often. Um, Snell, what he can do for you, yeah, he's probably not going eight innings, but he's giving you six, like, dominant innings. And that's day in and day out. Not a lot of injury issues for him either. So that leaves, what, nine outs for your bullpen to get? They can't get nine measly outs? And I was going through his starts uh, earlier today. We'll look at him again here. Snell, here, let me get a, let me get you a photo of Snelly up there. Look, I'm smiling. Um, Snell didn't go more than five innings in the very first month. I think it was like five starts. Then he goes six, 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 four, five, six in May. Then in June, six, seven, six, 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 July. Five, six, five, five, six, five. In August, five, six, 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 seven. September, six, 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 seven, six. I mean, that's a lot of sixes in there, guys. And like I said, the way the game is being managed these days, guys are lucky to go seven. So six is really, really good. Five, you're going to take. If they can give you five, you'll be okay with that. And as I mentioned, the days of like, you know, Bob Gibson, the one that we think of as Cardinal fans more than anybody else, going eight and nine innings almost every time he's out there, that's it's long gone. That is not a thing anymore. 
people are giving Snell crap for not eating up enough innings through 180 innings this year. Now, he hasn't done that very often in his career, but that was top 25 in the league. Only five guys threw over 200 innings this year. One of them's on the Cardinals, Miles Michaelis. Now, the walks obviously bother me. They bother me more than the innings. But with his walks, he also gets all those strikeouts, which is why his pitch count goes up, because he's striking dudes out all the time. Tied for third in the league with 234 Ks last year. So what's great about Snell is, yeah, he might walk a couple of guys, but he's capable of getting himself out of trouble with his swing and miss stuff. I would love <laughs> to have Blake Snell anchoring this rotation at five years and $150 million or whatever it's going to take. I would more than, I would love that. Does he want to come here? That's the, that's the question. I, I, I would love to. I mean, the guy who's about to win his second Cy Young Award, like how picky are we getting here? You don't want a two-time Cy Young Award winner? Who's what, 30, 31 years old? Uh, Ronald Abrams says, how about a trade for Luis Castillo of Seattle? Time to develop the pitchers in the farm system, develop aces from within. Cardinals are going to sign pitchers similar to Matt's, Michaelis, and Thompson. All of the prime free agents are a fantasy for the Cards and Cards fans. Oh, well. Uh, thank you, Ronald. Uh, the Mariners, uh, yeah, Luis Castillo not available. They just locked him up in um, 2022. He ain't going anywhere. They're trying to build around him and add to Luis Castillo. Uh, five years, $108 million deal with a vested option in 2028. Not set to hit free agency until 2029. So uh, Luis Castillo is not on the table at the moment. Uh, other people in the rotation for the Mariners are the guys that the Cardinals could make a deal with. Um, they got pitching. The Cardinals got hitting. Let's make a trade. You got what we want. We got what you want. Uh, there are guys who are going to be available through the trade market. And um, obviously, that's one way that the Cardinals can avoid having to outbid all of these free agents, you know, is by not even getting into the bidding war in the first place, selling and trading from what you're strong in. Outfielders, middle infielders, that's where the Cardinals are strong right now. You can even say catcher, I guess, uh, with Yvonne Herrera. Seemed pretty happy with Kisner last year. I don't want to trade Herrera, but um, I would rather move Kisner if I had to. Not because he did anything wrong. I'm just saying, in the scheme of things, Herrera seems like somebody that uh, you want to keep your hands on. Um, but it's one way that the Cardinals can avoid having to get into bidding wars and having to worry about talking people into coming to St. Louis. If you trade for them, you know, they're, they're yours. <laughs> and then you can try to win them over with, uh, you know, the St. Louis charm and the best fans of baseball, the way that we were able to win over guys like Matt holiday and Mark McGuire and Jim Edmonds, you know, um, our guys over at redwoodranch.com, they've been releasing trade ideas every week. Almost every other day, you're getting new stuff from them. Uh, went over the Dylan Cease trade ideas from them uh, last week. And our guy Josh Jacobs continues to to pound the table for a trade for Tyler Glass now of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. A uh, guy who's got a ton of talent and is somebody that seems like the Rays would be trying to get rid of. Not because he's doing anything wrong, but because he's expensive. Uh, he likes the risk-reward of trading for glass now because the Rays don't want to have to pay him $25 million, which is what they'll have to do this year. His final year here in Tampa Bay 
is worth $25 million, which is crazy money for the Rays to be spending. Um, it's the last year of his deal. So the trade cost could be lower than it would be for a guy like Dylan Cease or Shane Bieber because there's no control years. Uh, Josh also points out in the article, no matter how he does for the Cardinals in 2024, they can then extend a qualifying offer to him and receive an extra draft pick in 2025 if he decides to go elsewhere, which would bring them back a, a lot of that value that they gave up. And if he decides to stick around, takes qualifying offer, great. If he decides to sign an extension, great. The the thing you worry about with Glass now is the injury history, obviously. It's really the the major bump in the road. Always dealing with something, it seems. When he but when he's on the mound, he's just straight filthy. He's just he's naughty, man. Uh, I brought him up last offseason as a guy I'd be targeting if I was the Cardinals because of the contract issues. Um, if you could get him somehow, some miracle, keep him healthy, <laughs> which I know is easier said than done. Um, it's not something he's done well. Um, but if you're able to get him and keep him healthy, then you add a Marcus Stroman. And then like a Kenta Maeda or something like that. Would that be okay? I mean, putting them with Michaelis and Mats, you might be onto something there. Um, you know, you'd have Mats and Glass now who have a rich history of injuries uh, that you'd have to worry about. But uh, what if you could land? All right, let's get crazy. What about Glass now? You trade for him. Yes, sign Blake Snell. And then you get like a Seth Lugo from the Padres and team them up with Michaelis and Mats. What do you think about that? The possibilities are kind of endless, but are they realistic? I think we're all a bit hesitant to believe in such things from Mo right now. All right, we got time for one more. All right, Leslie Black says, do you think a visiting player leaves with a great impression of the city of St. Louis? I stopped staying downtown a few years ago. Is St. Louis a place a player with or without a family wants to live? Um, you know, that goes along with the wooing side of things for free agents um trying to get them to live in the midwest and in st louis as opposed to a big city uh on one of the coasts you know one thing that i've noticed over the years is that a decent number of players who end up playing for the cardinals they enjoy living in st louis they stick around now do a lot of them stay downtown and then hang out in sauge <laughs> at night no they, they live in better safer spots in the st louis area uh, I'm sure there are some guys who have apartments and condos near downtown, but they're not living in the dangerous areas, which er every city has. It's, it's, nobody's immune to it. But do single guys who are young flock to St. Louis for a good time? Hell no. Hell no. Remember when Chris Bryant, he was playing with the Cubs and made fun of St. Louis for not having anything fun to do, like got no nightlife? And we all were like, hey, you don't have to be a jerk about it. But that's not who the Cardinals are targeting anyway. They're not trying to find some guy who's like 23 years old. They're trying to attract guys that are in their 30s who aren't the typical party animals anymore. Usually by that point in their life, they're more serious about their career as a baseball player, and they're not worried about nightlife so much. Um, and you're not moving to St. Louis. If you decide to sign with St. Louis, you're not moving to St. Louis because you want to go out and party at night. You're doing it because of the Cardinals. You do it because outside of last season, you know, this organization was very consistent with winning and has an elite fan base. Great ballpark. You know, one of the selling points that I think Mo and company are going to need to use is 
you know, whomever they try to make a pitch to, um, that they would be one of the new faces of a new era of Cardinal baseball. You know, there is no way no Yachty Albert. That's all gone now. Do they come back as coaches? Maybe, but as far as players, it's a new era officially. Now that Wainwright's gone, it is, we are moving on and you could be a part of the next era of great Cardinal baseball where you will be adored <laughs> and showered with love and standing ovations every single time you do something cool out there, uh, especially if you help get the team back to the top of the mountain. So that's one way to sell it. Anyway, we got to wrap this up. We're going long. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Uh, if you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube to help our channel and love for the Cardinals go uh, grow. We are over 8,000 subscribers. Good job. You guys are bad asses. Love y'all. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.